Welcome to Tony Steak Podcast. Welcome to the Tony Steak Podcast, episode 240. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we have Off-Road Andy. Hello. Thank you for tuning in. Hit that subscribe button and share with a friend. And uh, after this, check out our sports podcast. We've got a lot of stuff to get into today, Andy. Uh, we're going to start right off with a uh, disaster in Huntington Beach, our, uh, right down the street from me, in fact, and uh, not far from you. 126,000 gallons of oil uh, leaked, and uh, they're saying about 13 square miles of the Pacific Ocean is uh, infected with this nastiness. Um, I think I read today, they think, and it may have been answered by now, uh, but I haven't looked since, uh, they think it came from someone's anchor hitting the pipeline uh, underwater. Really? That's, like, could it be anywhere? Like, it wasn't, like, at the facility or whatever that thing is out there? Just some random guy's boat? I guess, yeah. I mean, think about all those uh, freight ships. There's, there's like, over 60 of them out there right now. I don't know if they're necessarily in that line, but, yeah, you get a fishing boat out there or something, and they drop anchor. I, I could see that happening, I, I suppose. Yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy. I was there. I was uh, at the beach on Friday, and I noticed, like, oh, yeah, I saw the boats out there, but also just it seemed like there's more oil drilling out there than before. Uh, and then, yeah, then the next day, it's like, oh, <laughs> oil spill. Were you on a boat, Andy? I was not. Did you drop anchor? No, but I could see it. All right. Um, well, I felt it, you know. You could yeah. feel the oil. Uh, awful. Uh, lucky for where we're at we're uh north of it and it seems as if it's going south because news reports have stated that they've had oil as far south as like dana point laguna beach area so i mean maybe it's come up this way but it hasn't come into the channels where i am i haven't gone down to the shoreline but you're gonna get a seagull, like a seagull full of oil is gonna land on your yeah old patio gross but hopefully they can, I don't know, I've seen those Dawn commercials. They come around and just like scrub the ducks and stuff with <laughs> soap and they'll be fine. I buy Dawn soap and it says, dude, it's like every every bottle sir, sold is uh, one duck's life saved. So, doing my part. I don't care about the ducks. Who do you care about? I don't know, all the fish and all the fishermen who are going to not be able to fish for the next Is there a lot long? of fishermen making their score in Huntington Maybe. Beach? I don't think so. Have yeah, you ever we'll seen see. any fishing boats? Like I, You just see rich old guys who want to get drunk in the oceans uh, going yeah. for three fish. That's that's it. We, Let's go a little that. further. It's part of our economy. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Uh, speaking of our economy, Andy, I have, I'm fed up. I'm calling out FedEx, I'm calling out Amazon, and I'm calling out the United States Postal Service. The only one I can't call out, and I don't know who actually uses them, because I never choose these services, it's always just who they partner with, but I've noticed none of my like brands that I buy from partner with UPS. Are they just top tier, or I don't know, but let me, let me just explain my... Uh, predicament I, I suppose i can't get things delivered to my house anymore so 
I placed an order for an item that I need this coming weekend, over two weeks ago, from Amazon, and it, it started its descent in Maryland. It was on its way. So it's like, oh, that's pretty far, but they'll claim they'll get it to me in two days. Well, that didn't happen. Uh, it never left Maryland. I tracked these things like a hawk. Uh, it got lost in Maryland. And so they just, they're like, ah, oh, we're working on it. And then finally, they're like, we're sorry. Uh, hit this button to refund and uh, we'll do better next time. We swear, kind of a thing. And so I ordered, I don't remember the exact order anymore, but I ordered, oh, while that thing was lost, I ordered the same thing through Walmart. And uh, that one was shipping via FedEx. And that one was in California. Actually, in fact, I think in like City of Industry. And so it said, oh, do delivery the next day. So go, bingo. Well, somehow that thing ended up in Ohio. And uh, let me just, I'll pull up the tracker right now. It is uh, now in Wyoming. Okay. <laughs> so preposterous. Now the next one. I ordered, uh, <laughs> I don't know, like a week ago or uh, five days ago or something. Again, this was in San Leandro. Somehow it's now in Arkansas. <laughs> okay. It came down to Chino and then it wasn't touched for like four or five days. And then the next scan was Arkansas and it hasn't moved from Arkansas. Um, the third one or the fourth one, rather yesterday morning, I went back to Amazon, got a similar thing, but different style. And again, I need it this weekend. And it's like, Oh, we'll get to you by 10 o'clock that same day last night. I was like, all right, cool. Sweet. Ordered it. And, uh, it's like, yeah, we'll get it to you by 10 PM. No sweat. Don't worry about it. This is a piece of cake. I think around like, 4:30 or 5 last night it was uh delivered to you know place in uh like a distribu- uh, di- distribution plant in somewhere in Los Angeles didn't specify it's like oh good luck and then uh nothing didn't come i look at my phone again this morning and uh nothing and then i think around 12:30 it was rescanned at that same place and then i think about 5 they canceled the order yeah. What is going on with this? Uh, you know what? I, I, succession is coming back, and so I'm excited uh, to say this. I am going for a vote of no confidence in our shipping suppliers. I don't know. I don't know what your issue is. I think, I mean, I haven't had any problems in my place. Uh, maybe you need to get a P.O. box. Maybe. I don't understand what the hell it is. This is preposterous. Like, literally, let me pull up the tracking for the FedEx thing. Because that one is the most humorous, Andy. Are you ready for this? So, expand history. The package was delivered to the FedEx in San Leandro on September 24th. That's a Friday. It left the following day at 5.50 a.m. and got to Tracy, California, wherever that is, at 6.50 p.m. At almost midnight, it... It was in transit there at, at 7 p.m. At almost midnight, it got to Tracy, California. Yeah, on that's a sun- big uh, place. Where is that? Uh, it's 
It's Central Valley, uh, east of Oakland. So it's a big like hub. Oh, well, maybe like, too they have, big. They, they have tons of warehouses and stuff. So at 11.30 a.m. on Sunday, it left Tracy, California. And on Monday at 12.40 a.m., it arrived in Chino, California. It's going pretty well so far, right? Which is the equivalent of Tracy just for Southern California. Yeah. Well, so that was the 27th. On Friday, so Monday to Friday, it landed in Plain City, Ohio at 8 p.m. And uh, again, arrived twice at 8.05. It was like re-scanned in the same place. On Saturday, the following day, it left Plain City, Ohio and got to Grove City, Ohio. And uh, from there into yesterday, it left Grove City, Ohio and is now in Newton, Iowa. And as of this morning, it is in transit somewhere in Cheyenne, Wyoming. So now they're driving it to me. Well, it's getting going the right way again. That's good. But still, don't they say, hey, look at look at our fuck up. Let's expedite this. Let's let's throw this on an aircraft. I don't need this thing sitting on the back of a freight truck melting. So you're you're not getting stuff through Amazon Prime, right? Because they 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 hold themselves to it. Uh so one of those is through Walmart. One of those is through just like a online retailer and two of those were Amazon and both of the one the Amazon ones were canceled. One I had to hit the button to cancel the the one today yeah. they canceled on me. They're like nerd, you're not getting nothing. You have a zip code that's broken or something. I don't know. I don't think so. My fiance gets stuff almost every single day. So the real thing we'll we'll find out is she placed an order on my behalf. I shouldn't be saying this aloud on public radio um, or whatever you call this. We'll see. It says that she placed it today and it says it'll be here on Friday. I have no confidence. Zero (laughs) confidence. I mean, it's not even it's every vendor. It's every everyone but UPS, which again, I, I don't I was thinking about it. I don't have any really encounters with. UPS, except for when I ship something because there's one down the street. And so I'll go to them to ship something and I've never had any issues there. And you can't tell me like, oh, there's an increase in shipping. I get it at Christmas time. Happened last year. People sending candy to people? I don't think so. Could be. Yeah, a lot of a lot of things on like those uh those spider webs. Yeah. <laughs> really important right now. I guess. I'm fed up. It's preposterous. Okay, we're moving on to some good news. Uh, Just Beyond, an R.L. Stein series, is coming to a streaming service on October 13th. Now, Andy, I want to ask you, take a take a guess. What streaming service do you think this is coming to? Uh, maybe that, that Tubi. Tubi. <laughs> it's a good guess, actually, but no, it's a little bit more mainstream. Now, I think historically we've pretty much seen all of his stuff go straight to like fx or netflix right yeah has it been on fx well i guess his movies are fx FX. uh so i guess this kind of makes sense it's going to disney plus okay so and it it kind of looks like i mean it's definitely kids but i think they're like big kids like it's high school kids i think but it's definitely rated like you know pg or something but needless to say i'm i'm ecstatic about that it's a graphic novel that he wrote so it's graphic yeah I mean, these are pictures a couple of uh just about a week away or so 
All right. Yeah. Who would know? Who would know? You'd know now. Such a hot name, that Earl Stein. Yeah. He's just such a <clears throat> big catalog to work with. He's got to wear those uh, nose and uh, glasses uh, ensemble with a mustache because he's so recognizable when yeah. he's out in public. Now, is this going to have an intro to it? Because it Damn has to. Well, better. And is he going to be in it? Cause... Damn well, better. Yeah. Uh, okay. And speaking of Disney Plus, Andy, tell us about that lawsuit with Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. If you remember that, uh, she was very upset when they released Black Widow to Disney Plus on top of theaters. So, because uh, that was not part of the contract. And were they going to give her a cut of the money that they got from the Disney Plus stuff? And it was just kind of a, you know, a legal nightmare. And then when after the suit came out, Disney kind of was even. They were mean to her about it. Uh, Then it was like, all right, we're we're coming after you. And it got ugly. And in the end, they they have settled. And I believe she's going to make out with 40 million dollars. And she said, all right, everything is good now. So we can continue to make stuff together. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot. I saw what the project they were going to do. Uh, what was it? Something I was like, why would that be the thing? But I guess that's what they want to do. Well, uh, you it. can also <laughs> watch Black Widow for free starting today as you're listening. So if you have Disney Plus, you can watch it without having to pay for that premiere access. Oh, I'm Okay. She's going to do a Tower of Terror, which is the original like Twilight Zone, because, yeah. So, number one, that's that's what Disney's doing is they like to make things based on the rides now, like Jungle Cruise. And they're doing a Haunted Mansion again. Uh, well, Tower of Terror was already a movie. It was a TV movie in the 90s. Uh, I don't think it's very good, but still it exists. But the other part of it is they rebranded the Tower of Terror. I don't well, know. Did they do that here? Both? Universal here. or not Universal, but Orlando Hollywood is. Uh... I don't know why I keep saying messing it up. Disneyland, Disney World is still that. Yeah. Okay. So there's still something there. Um, yeah. I mean, what's funny is that it's called, remember, it was the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, except it actually had nothing to do with Twilight Zone. Yeah. But like now I watched uh, some like making of the ride on Disney Plus, and it, that one was pretty good because I remember I liked that ride as a kid. Uh, they took the guy who was like the in- intro guy. Yeah, Rod Serling. And then just change the words. Yeah. You would never know. And change the background, obviously. Yeah. Pretty fun. Yeah, I mean, I I really enjoyed that ride because I I love Twilight Zone and uh, I just haven't gone on the new version of it, but... I don't go on it too often, but I've been on it. Not lately. I I know I saw that movie. I'm pretty sure it was just like a made-for-TV stupid movie. Um Remember when they used to do that? They would like have a movie on ABC. Oh, yeah. All right. Here it is. Starring Steve Gutenberg and Kristen Dunst. Oh, wow. I'd, I'd be pissed if I was her. Like, you should have gone to me. She's like, I'm still working. Could have had me on this movie. Her and Jesse Plemons. Yeah. yeah. What was the it was, what was it called? Tower of Terror. The movie. So I'm trying to find where you can stream it. That should Nothing. be on Disney Plus, but maybe they just buried it. Nothing appears to come up, at least on the app I'm on. They're like, we don't want anyone to know this movie is out there. <laughs> they put it in the Disney vault. 
Yeah, but I remember it was like they, it was like uh, in the 30s, like uh, there's a disaster on the on the elevator, and I don't know. From 1990, this is a short. I don't think it's that. I can't find it, Andy. 1997. Tower of Terror. No one wants to watch type. it. I hate typing on phones now. I see stuff from the 40s and the 70s. There is 97, an episode. I could buy the DVD for five bucks right now, but I won't. It's a bargain at any price. <laughs> this is an just an episode. I guess that's how they numbered it and labeled it. Yeah, it's an hour and a half. All right. Uh, well, hold on. While we're on this, now I have to know if it's on there, because I'll watch it. It's Halloween-themed. No, it's not. There's no reason. I'm sure they own it, but they're just like, fuck it. We don't want anyone to even know it exists. Yeah. So. Barry and Kirsten Dunst. Yeah. Kristen Dunst, whatever her name is. All right, let's move off of that. I've got gladiator news, Andy. Are you ready for this? This is the news we've been waiting a decade and a half plus for. Okay. Ridley Scott, in an interview uh, the other day, I, I just took this out of the thing, said Gladiator 2 is on its way. He's going to shift his focus to the uh, after the fo- uh, project called Kit Bag. That's Napoleon... Uh, and it's starring Joaquin Phoenix, and it'll be uh, so that one also looks very good. But this will be about twenty years after the original story of Gladiator took place. Yeah, I mean that makes sense because it's been twenty years. That's how they do it, like Hocus yeah. Pocus. So get excited, get ready. Don't already get in line at the theater, but prep your chair. Yeah, I mean Ridley Scott just doesn't stop. I think he knows if he does, maybe there it'll be the last time, you know. Yeah. So just keep going. Yeah. Um, but the going, he's good. I assume you're saying this is including Russell Crowe, right? Well, didn't he die at the end? I don't remember. <laughs> I think he did. Walking Phoenix dies. Yeah. Damn, I need to watch that movie. I know. I just watched it like four months ago, but I already <laughs> don't remember either. Yeah, I thought he wins. I don't know. I don't remember. Uh, but so Kit Bag, there's not like a release date. It's still in development. The film is an original and personal look at Napoleon Bonaparte's origins and his swift, ruthless cr- climb to uh, emperor viewed through the prism of his addictive and often volatile relationship with his wife and one true love, Josephine, who... My fiance is obsessed with Jody Comer of mm-hmm. Killing Eve, Free Guy, and Star Wars. And his new movie. That's probably why. Kitbag. Well, she's in that Ben Affleck one. Yeah. But Which comes out like in two weeks. I think in November, right? No, in like two weeks. Oh. Well, it's not out yet, so can't say it. Yeah. Um, but very fun. All right, moving right along. We got more news too. Damian Lewis is leaving Billions after five seasons. Season six is set to premiere in January, and I actually actually just activated the free month trial of Showtime, and therefore I've watched episode eight of Billions, where the COVID break happened. So, Paul Giamatti lose a lot of weight, Andy. I wouldn't know. He did. He kind of looks like a turtle now. Um, I don't, I mean, it's, I haven't watched the show in a year and a half or more. 
so I don't remember exactly, but he's always been, you know, stout, kind of George Costanza-ish. And you can just tell he lost some weight. He's definitely not eating Burger King. He does his ads for them. You could still enjoy some Burger King and, and look good. Oh. I have to believe. I just, I'm All I'm saying is I hope he's healthy. Yeah, no, no, it says he's he lost weight. The internet has to always check. Because, yeah, people are like, well, is he, has he got cancer or something? Maybe he's doing nobody, too. I think he just wants to be healthy, you know? I hope so. I hope he's going the way of, uh, there's a guy that made clerks. Kevin Smith? Yeah. He lost weight after he had that, like, heart attack or whatever. Yeah, he wasn't allowed on the plane. Yeah, uh, but yeah. So I started it. It's still fun. I don't know. It's just it's upsetting. Like uh, in this episode, the guy Frank Grillo, who's in it right now, uh, asks the la- the lady who's not in like the bullpen of doing you know trades and whatnot. She's the like psychiatrist keeping these people motivated and salesy. Uh, but he's like, "How much do you make?" And she's like, "Well, my bonus last year was nine million dollars." God damn it. Then they, how is that even a real thing? Uh, well, it is TV, so just pretend it's not real. Yeah, but you know it is. Yeah, I mean, I did see the, the the sad part about the story, and I do remember this. Like he he's stepping away because his wife died. So oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I just so. figured he was getting tired of playing shows on Showtime. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, it's the second time he's left the Showtime show, but um. I did see, I don't know, I mean, I, I haven't watched the show, but it said that uh, Corey Stoll is uh, replacing him. Not like replacing his yeah. actor, but like... His character is becoming pretty prominent. I love that yeah. guy. He's exceptional. Yeah. He needs to be in more things, and I think he is. They're just things I don't watch. I saw him this weekend. In Huntington Beach? No, on TV. Oh. <laughs> He's on that boat with you that trigger that oil spill andy maybe he was i just didn't know it yeah all right well tell us about the new house of dragon trailer the uh game of thrones prequel is finally uh coming out next year uh they showed the the first trailer for it so uh, hbo always does a good job of presenting their new stuff and i feel like hbo's kind of gone through a little bit of a a lull at the end of the summer here Mm -hmm. Uh, they had to make a splash here so uh, it looks like it's still got a ridiculous budget. It is Game of Thrones. It's set around the uh, the Targaryen family. So it's all the people who got their, their their blonde hair and everything. And uh, I don't know too much about it. If it's set when there were still dragons, I'm not sure. Um, but it's, I'm, it's worth checking out at least because, you know, we already know how Game of Thrones ended. So this series is already something different. And it's, I'm sure, going to be well made. So that's great. Why not? Yeah, I'm out. I think, it, I think at one point they had like seven different prequels in production or some yeah. form of production. It was something like, absurd like that. Yeah. Uh, and this is the one that's got the furthest. There are probably still a few scripts out there. Uh, but yeah, this one's coming out soon. So I don't fancy that. All right. You ready to talk box office numbers? Yeah, okay. Well, there's one. Venom, let there be carnage. $90 million, Andy. 90. Number two is the Adams Family, 
two at 17.3. Yeah, that's pretty good for a movie that um, who, does anyone have any interest in it? I think it was like in the 20s on Rotten Tomatoes. And you're talking about Venom or Adam's Family 2? Adam's Family. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't even yeah. know of Adam's Family 2. I don't know and there's the, an Adam Stanley one. The first one was just kind of like nothing movie that it's not even that old, I don't think. Oh, is it a cartoon? Yeah. Oh, it just looks like Hotel Transylvania. Yeah. So this okay. was just kind of dumped. But that's it's a nice return. I guess there's there's people out there, there's kids out there that want to go back to the movies, so. Yeah. Um uh, Well, yeah, good for uh Tom Hardy and uh good for movies. Yeah, now, that's uh, a pretty good return in normal times. So yeah, that's definitely the best one so far, right? I'd say the best so. weekend of the year. Um, and then uh, also, Many Saints in New York came in fourth at four point seven. But I mean, I think of that as a TV movie. That should just be something on HBO. Yeah, which, which I was... haven't watched. I think I probably will, but I don't know. I'm very busy lately. Yeah, I think as a part of the problem is that you know the sopranos creator was like pretty disappointed because he's like now that it's coming there people are just going to think of it as an extension of the show where he wanted it to be its own movie Mm -hmm. but maybe make a better movie then that's what i have to say yeah um okay now quickly what's coming out because there's one big one andy on friday the 8th no time to die James Bond, uh, Daniel Craig's final installment, I believe, his fifth film, if I'm not mistaken, or is it sixth? This is the fifth one, yeah. Fifth one. Uh, I believe it's already out uh, in other other nations, and it's done quite well. Yep, good good reviews as well. So that's great because the last one wasn't that good, and Spectre. So every other one seems to be good, and this followed the trend, so... Uh, there's no reason that this isn't going to be like a huge movie. I want to see it. Yeah, this is this is a big, big month. It looks like we've got three weeks in a row with massive releases with Venom and then Bond and then uh, Dune, which Dune's already been a hit. Dune got released throughout uh, Europe uh, and it's done really well. Um, and then also next week, Halloween kill, or two weeks from now, Halloween kills in the last duel. So I think I think it's back. I think movies are back. Yeah. I'm sure there'll be some slowed weeks coming up, but it's a good stuff. Yep. All right. And, well, and very fun. Uh, we're going to get into what we've been watching. But before we do, that portion of the podcast is brought to you by our good friends at thecliplessleash.com. Head to thecliplessleash.com to pick up the greatest dog leash you've ever seen. And if you plug in promo code, Tony. That is T-O-N-Y at checkout. You're going to get 65% off the dog leash you didn't know you needed. Now, this leash works with your dog's current collar or harness. So head to thecliplessleash.com to pick up the dog leash you've been waiting for and get 65% off at checkout with promo code Tony. All right, Andy, how many things do you have? I've got four on my list. I've got two. Okay. You want to start? All right. Yeah. So, uh, well, this is actually two movies, but uh, one discussion here. 
I watched Nightmare on Elm, on Elm Street, the original. Oh, wow. Uh, they, have, they have all, every one of them is on HBO Max. They put them in a little collection. They're like, please watch them. I think I saw um, that. Yeah, and, and the first one's it's a good movie, and I've seen them many times before. It's like, why not? Um, I haven't seen all the sequels. I'm like, so why not just watch the first one again and then get into the sequels? Um, you know, it's got Johnny Depp. I think everyone knows that was like the first thing he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a whole lot, not as like violent as I remember, because the first movie's pretty tame uh, by comparison to the other ones. It's pretty straightforward. Budget, all that. Uh, it's not just budget, it's just not like super gory or anything. I mean, there's the, the infamous like bed scene, which has got a lot of blood, but um, it's not that many people die in it. There's not a huge body count. Um, and then I, I skipped two because I've seen two before and I didn't like it. It's not good. It doesn't really fit with the continuity of, of the movies. Mm-hmm. It's just an entirely new story, different different characters. It's like, oh, this guy now moved into the house and... Um, I know I didn't like it, so I went right on to three. Um, and I know I've seen these movies before and seen parts of them. Uh, three's, three's a good movie. It has real people in it. Patricia Arquette is in it. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne's in it. Uh, the main character from the first one returns. Uh, and it's about like these young people living in a, a mental hospital. They've all had Freddy dreams and all have. Uh, he's forced them to make it look like they're trying to kill themselves. So they all wind up in the same mental hospital. And uh, yeah, the girl from the first one comes to help them and they have to try to fight them in the dreams. And it's, it's legitimately good. And uh, so Wes Craven did not have anything, anything to do with the second one, but he came back and uh, wrote the third one. He didn't direct, but he did write the third one. So uh, it's actually good. And if you're, if you're thinking like, Oh, I know the first one's good. The rest are trash. Uh, no, the third one's pretty good. And it has, I think a somewhat definitive ending. Um, and from what I read is that they come back in the fourth one and Wes Craven again has no involvement and <laughs> they kind of ruin that, but uh, I'll probably get to those. Um, that's where it starts to get like silly and like more stupid kills and weird shit that happens. But uh, yeah, the third one had had plenty of creative kills. Whereas like the first one is just him, you know, stabbing with his knife hands. Yeah, I haven't seen those in a long time. Yeah. I mean, I want to get through uh, the the last one he did, which was the one where it's like on the movie set. I kind of remember that one. Yeah. It was like a funny idea of like, what if Freddy Krueger came into the movie set and haunted the actors? It's like. It's kind of Scream-esque. Yeah. He made that self-aware. Right, he made it right before he made Scream. So you could see how, yeah. <laughs> how that came about. <clears throat> All right, you ready for my main one? Yeah. I watched, from 1998, a movie I had never seen somehow, on HBO Max, Nicolas Cage, Gary Sinise, Snake Eyes. Okay. So I was in Vegas over the weekend, and on the drive home, I was like, ooh, I'm going to watch a Vegas movie, and then I quickly found out, nope. It's in Atlantic City. Uh, Same thing, I guess. I don't know. Um, But... Very, very much better than I thought it was going to be. I liked it. I mean, it's a Brian De La Palma movie. So Scarface, um, Mission Impossible one, Untouchables, that kind of stuff. Um, the filmmaking was just and the cinematography more so was really good. It was just entertaining kind of a thing. Um, 
Nick Cage is a great sleazebag at the beginning, turns into a man with character, which is interesting, uh, his growth in the film. And it starts when he ditches that dumb shirt with the collar over the sport coat. Um, but, I mean, the cast is phenomenal. It's got uh, uh, Mr. McAllister. It's got uh, Kevin Dunn. It's got uh, Stan Shaw. Uh, Mike Starr, the big guy from Dumb and Dumber who has his, uh, has his pills. He'll be fine. It's good. I enjoyed it. Um, it's a mystery thriller kind of a thing. You're, you're playing a guessing game as he's trying to solve this murder at a big boxing event. Uh, it's it's fun. I don't know. I enjoyed it. I think uh, I think it's a good one. Isn't he like a crazy person in it? Is like he? Yeah, he's I mean, a detective. But he's like eccentric. Isn't that kind of the beginning of where he every person he played had to be kind of weird? I mean, he's a little bit out there. That there's no doubt about it. Uh, he's not the cleanest cop, yeah. and uh, it's also funny at the end they do like a you know we're following the news, following his story as you know his rise to fame because of becoming a hero. I don't want to give too much away. Followed by you know the the investigative reporters unearth his uh, you know the dead bodies in his closet kind of a thing, and. Uh, it's humorous at, at times, uh, but it's definitely uh, worthwhile. And yeah, I mean, he's kind of like all the characters. I feel like he's a little bit crazy, but he's also like a smart guy, kind of like uh, The Rock, which I also want to rewatch. Um, definitely not like Con Air. Con Air, he's cool and calm and collected. Yeah. He just has long hair the whole time. He's a Southern gentleman. Yeah. Fought for so, this country. I guess it would, I wouldn't say it's like that, but yeah, check it out. It's... Uh, in hour 40 so not too bad on uh, hbo max all right ready for me here yeah uh well i didn't go to see venom 2 but i would like to at some point uh but i did go back and rewatch the first venom i, I bought the the 4k of that a, a while back and waiting for venom 2 to come out and rewatch it so i uh, greatly enjoyed uh the, the the premium experience uh i mean i've talked about venom 2 before when first came out uh, it's a movie that's strange to me that like it got panned so much but i enjoyed it a lot oh, and I uh, watching it again i kind of realize why and that it's it's basically a b movie it's such a, like a silly premise of like oh an alien comes and fucks with this guy and makes him do crazy things but he's actually kind of a superhero and it's like you could see that if that had no ties to any like comic book stuff you could definitely see like that movie existing in the 80s or something yeah, uh, so it's very much like that, but it's like it's just it's a weird movie, uh, very much unlike the superhero movies we get now. And I think it was drawing to some people, but it certainly resonated with people. It made a ton of money, and people wanted to come out and see Venom too. So that's that's encouraging. And and the reviews on Venom two are better, which means this should be great. Like if it if the first one got a thirty, and I thought it was really good, Venom two gets a sixty. Maybe it's the best movie I've ever seen. Right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's a very, I think it'd be a very rewatchable movie because there's the middle chunk of that movie goes so fast and is really good. It doesn't slow down. Like from the time he gets infected, I guess you'd say it just goes like, there's no boring parts where the beginning is a little slow, but once it, once it goes, it's, 
no stopping. So this could definitely be a movie you would see on like TNT and you just turn it on and it's like, oh, well, I'm just going to watch the next 20 minutes and it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully I, I do see the Venom 2 at some point so I can talk about it. Yeah, I'm sure uh, it'll happen. You had one more? Or? I got two more. You want me to do this next one then? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I finished out part one of American Horror Story, the new season. I didn't love the ending of the, the first part here, but I, I think I still like the series as a, as a whole. The six episodes they did for Red Tide is what they called this one. Uh, so now part two started. It's uh, This one's called Death Valley. And it's uh, it looks like it's going to take place over two different timelines. So black and white in the 50s when aliens first come. And it's got uh, Eisenhower in it. And uh, it just looks really weird. And then there's like a present day timeline with uh, some like young kids. Uh, they go out to Joshua Tree and some Whoa. bad stuff happens with, uh, you know, aliens, unexplained stuff. Um, so uh, I, I think I'm I'm scared. I don't know if I can ever go to go- Joshua Tree now. Yeah, I'm pretty I'm a little scared. scared. <laughs> uh, but, uh, very, very weird, of course. Uh, I'll have to see where this goes. I'm much more interested in, in the 1950s storyline right now. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I'm always entertained by these. So that's been one episode there of... of Part two of this season. All right. I watched, as I mentioned, uh, episode, I believe it's eight of Billions. So season five. And uh, yeah, you can see it was going in May and June. uh, And then the last episode was June 14th of last year. And so there's a nice little gap. I think they uh, just ran into some issues. So yeah, Copenhagen is a, back in action so there's episode 8 through 12 and uh you don't have to wait long though for season uh, 6 because that comes out in I think I said January uh but you know it's well if you've seen it it's like it always is it's rich people it's connivingness it's greed it's thinking it's you know being very smart at what they do and all that kind of stuff and and then it's Paul Giamatti who's just the best so one character i don't like is david constable in here and i think it's because he was too good playing like the nerdy chemist who was looking up to uh brian cranston in breaking bad and so in this one he's like a 40 year old 20 year old guy 50 year old 20 year old guy where he's like hey let's go get some pussy and it's like no like you're supposed to be a scientist nerd guy like i don't like that of him and uh, so I have trouble with that. And he has a dumb like goatee with like a beard thing. And it bugs me or mustache thing. Um, but otherwise, you know, the show it's still fun. Again, I'm, I'm not going to pay for Showtime to watch this, but I'll watch it while I have it for free. Yeah. So, yeah, that was it. Okay, well. Uh, the last thing I'd watched was the Many Saints of New York on oh. HBO. Uh, so here's my first problem with it. I, I assumed because it's a, a prequel, you did not need to, uh, number one, watch the series at all, but also or finish it. So 
Uh, I've been watching the show and I got I'm all the way through season five. So uh, almost done with it. Uh, but I'm like, oh, I'll turn this on. Um, it does spoil the ending of or at least something that happens at the end of the series, uh, which is like pretty fucked up. Why would you do that? Like, and I was not prepared for that. Is that about how uh, uh, Tony Soprano dies or doesn't die so uh, so much? No, I mean I know I know the ending of the Sopranos with like oh it went to black. I I know that already, uh, but something else that happens in the series I guess which I haven't got to. I was like okay oh oh shit well that's that's uh that's cool. Um, I guess you could say you should never be surprised by what happens because uh, it all ends the same I think for <laughs> the gangsters in the in the show. But uh, uh well anyways this is a. Uh, it's a prequel. It takes place largely in the 60s and 70s. Uh, the, the featured character here is uh, Dickie Moltisanti, who's the, the father of Christopher from the show. Uh, and so it's kind of a, a weird like mismatch of stuff that's going on in this movie. It's not like a fully baked movie either way. So I think some of the marketing makes it seem like it's the Tony Soprano origin story. It's the high school version of him. Uh, but he's very much a side character, whereas like Dickie is the main character in this in this story. Hmm. But they don't like flesh out either story very much. Like there's a conflict with Dickie and these uh, uh, like he worked with this black gang and then he kind of stopped working with them and then they kind of come back and they're going to be rivals. But it's like it's not like a, the main focus of it. And then, yeah, it's uh, one of the highlights here is, is James Gandolfini's son is playing him in, in this. But I heard he did a great job it's not like the main part of the movie. And it's like, it, I cannot feel like it was very, it was supposed to be very small. And mm-hmm. then they're like, well, people will like this. So we want to do more of it, but it kind of like, yeah, I thought the whole up. thing was him. It's very much not. Uh, so, so Alessandro uh, Navola, who I really like uh, in the things I've seen him in, he's, he plays Dickie in this and he's, he's really good. Like everyone in this movie is really good. So I said, Corey Stoll, he plays uh, Junior, so a younger Junior. He's great in it. Uh, Vera Farmiga is great as uh, Tony's mom. Uh, so it's really good, really good acting. It's definitely a movie. It looks like a movie, uh, movie production values. So it's you wouldn't think like, oh, this is just a show. It's like it's very well made. But I just think the they didn't really know what they wanted to do with what the story was. Where it, I think it would have been better if they just found the right story with this conflict that uh, Dickie had versus trying to shoehorn all the other Sopranos characters into it. Um, but I think they knew that's what people would want to see. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. It was disappointing. There's, there's good things in it, but I would have, I'd, I'd like to hear an interview if that's like, if the, the writer was like, yeah, I wanted it to be something totally different. And then I, HBO kind of like made me change it or something or Warner. So I don't know. It's, it's definitely worth watching for fans though, but it's not, it doesn't really stand on its own. So if you're in a situation of, I'm sure a lot of people will be in a situation where uh, like a couple where one person watched the, the series really wants to watch a movie and they're like trying to convince the other person like, yeah, you don't need to have watched the show and, I don't know how much you'd get out of it if you didn't. So, yeah. Uh, but they did say that uh, uh, they're open to making more of it. 
which is good because there is something there with uh, young Tony Soprano because you don't get into that really. I mean, he's just a high school kid in this movie. He's not part of anything. Um, so there, there's something there that you could do. All right, 22-year-old Tony Soprano. Uh, they already have all these people casted and everything. So um, ho- hopefully we'll get that then. Yeah, maybe we will. All right. Anything else to add before we conclude? Uh, no, that's that's it. All right. Well, you've been listening to episode 240 of the Tony's Take podcast. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we had Off-Road Andy. All right. Thank you. We'll see you later.